singing songs or ushering or doing tech, um, different things. And so um, it's always fun, right? Those times, I, I, I told the boys I wouldn't necessarily say this today, but you know, I just feel like it is, uh, we played an epic basketball game yesterday and <clears throat> I dropped 46 on them. So, uh, no, it was 46, 46, 42. We played a 10, but it just kept, you have to win by two baskets. And uh, so at the end, we're getting water, and I just, I just looked over at Nathan and said, man, I dropped 46 on you guys. And the look on his face was, was like, if I could punch you, I would punch you. It's only you. Of course you're going to score all the points. But uh, anyway, it was just fun. And uh, I always like to bust, bust their chops a little bit. But uh, anyway, the kids, it's, it's fun that just to see how they're learning and growing and, and all that, young men and women. But um, this morning, what I want to um, share, I think what I want to share, I don't know, I've been wrestling with this all week and um, don't even know kind of, well, I do know kind of what the theme might be here, but um, we'll just see where the Lord takes it. Um, sometimes when, when I go over this, on a Friday or Saturday, it goes down different rabbit trails and different things, so we'll see where the Lord takes it. But what I want to do this morning is, is kind of just um, talk about one thing that I feel like came out of the fast, our time of prayer and fasting in January. We hadn't really had a chance to talk about this to, to, in a corporate setting because I know we had um, Kenny uh, Wilson who was here a couple weeks ago, and then the Swahili Church was here sharing last week. And so we really had that time to, to bring it around, but, but I heard a, a few different things <clears throat> from different things, things in terms of themes coming out of the fast, and, and one of them we're talking about um, after church, and that's community engagement and outreach. But there was another side um, that, of what some people were telling me coming out of the fast is just this idea that the fog is kind of lifted in some ways, or, or the mist or the haze they, they might have been in has kind of been lifted to a certain degree. And, and, um, and so I wanted to talk about that just a little bit this morning because I think it's important where we're going, where God has spoken to us, to know what are the next steps coming out of that. Now, I grew up in the mountains here in North Carolina, and uh, most of you probably know that, but it's interesting the weather in the mountains can be just like today. It can be sunny. You can, you can be going to church, and you go to church, and you come out, and it's dreary. Just like that, it's changed. The clouds have rolled in, and it's maybe even snowing, um, or it's just gotten cold, or it's gotten warm. It just changes very quickly. And I remember many times getting, getting in my car, and it'd be sunny like this morning, and, and you, you drive through town, which is just one, one uh, stoplight, which we call town. But you drive through town, and, and, and you're kind of on the curvy road, and, and you, you kind of crest a hill. And as you crest the hill and start down the mountain, it begins to get dreary. It begins to get dark. And as you further go down into the valley and all, before long, you're surrounded by fog. And, and you're just kind of looking like, where did this come from? You know, it was sunny 10 minutes ago at my home, and now you're in the midst of fog. A lot of times when we, when we get to these places of coming into a fog or coming into a mist, it just happens very subtly. It happens gradually. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So as the fog is kind of lifted, and, and, and I think people have gotten clarity on certain things, even as a church, I think we've gotten clarity. But this morning, as, as I talk more looking at individuals who have received clarity, I want to make sure that we don't return to that place of fogginess, that place of, of misty or, or haziness. But it continues to be clear what God's called us to. Every single one of us has a calling in our lives. And, and you know, Paul um, 
particularly does this really throughout the Bible. There's some different analogies. But there's one that, that kind of stands out sometimes, and that's the analogy of a soldier. That Jesus is the one who's recruited us. He's the one who's brought us into his kingdom. But yet, there's a mission that we have. There's a calling that we have. And as part of God's army, there's things that, that we need to know, and there's things that we need to do. Now, any battle plan is kind of going to have two parts, maybe more than two parts, but there's going to be two major parts, I think, of a battle plan. One is the knowledge parts, knowing based on intel, based on recon, based on experience, based on different things. There's going to be that knowledge thing. But then there's the other side of action and putting it into action. Now, both require different things. The action side requires that the soldiers be in shape, that they are conditioned well, because if they can't make it up a hill, or if they can't carry their equipment 100 yards, they're going into battle at a disadvantage. If they only have one good leg, maybe they have a broken uh, bone in their leg and they're just kind of hobbling along, that can also prevent the, the, the plan being executed the way it should be. And so I want to just talk about kind of the in-between part of those two because you can have the knowledge, but there's things that sometimes stop us, whether it's not being conditioned well, whether it's having broken bones in the spirit or the spiritual side of it, that keep us from going into battle, or, or even as we try to go into battle, that prevents us from really executing God's calling and mission upon our lives. Now, I think the knowledge of the battle plan is very clear. The Great Commission makes it very clear that we're to go and make disciples. Now, time of prayer and fasting, maybe that's clarified that for some people, that we are to go and make disciples. We are to love people with the product, or not the product, with the purpose of telling them about Christ. It's not just, hey, we're going to love people so they know that we're loved, or they know that they're loved, and we've given cookies because they know they're loved, but so that we can preach to them, or that we can love them and tell them about Jesus. That's the product. That's what, what he says. Go and make disciples, baptizing them, meaning they've come into relationship with him. They have had an opportunity to respond to the gospel and be reconciled to him in the same way that you and I have been reconciled to him. There's other parts of that as well, that we, we take the gospel. We, we are the gospel. We're living the gospel. We're impacting the nations. There's these dreams, these God-given dreams, I think, that are also part of that knowledge that God's called us individually and, and as a church to execute these, these dreams or these callings or these purposes. Some of you may be writing a book. Some of you may be um, writing a movie, producing a movie. Some of you may be running for office. Some of you, it may be creating a program that helps someone in health or helps someone in finance or something along those lines. Those are more specific types of the calling that God's placed in your life. But through all of that, it's to lead people to Christ. God has placed you in the marketplace, whether it's in your neighborhood or in your business or to start a business, not just to love people for the sake of loving, not just, not just to be around people for the sake of, of being around people, but ultimately to share Christ with them. Now, that doesn't mean you jump up on the chair or you thump them with the Bible. I mean, maybe you need to thump some people with the Bible. Um, I think I got thumped with the Bible, and that's how I came to know Christ. But some of us are more hard-headed than others. Most of the time, it's just it's, it's letting your life, as, as uh, St. Francis said, share the gospel always and use words when necessary. That we're letting our lives um, be the, the incarnation of God's love and God's gospel and God's being. But you do need to share at times and, and talk to people about what it means to be separated, what it means to come into relationship and all. That's the knowledge that we have. That's what we know. There's nothing new with that. But then... How do we get to the place of executing and walking this out? Because sometimes I think in the spirit we may not be conditioned well. 
We may think we know certain things, or we think we can do it, but, but there, there may be fear, there may be other things. Other times, there's certain wounds that we have within our hearts that are preventing us from really sharing with others. And I realized this at the, kind of at the end of the summer last, this past year is there was a situation with a friend that um, I thought was a really good friend. I guess maybe he still is somewhat of a good friend, more of a, maybe an acquaintance now. But it's someone that I would consider maybe in one of those inner circles, someone I would share a lot of things with. And we're communicating regularly. And, and, and one day we sat down and, and, and we were talking and he shared some things with me. And it was like, whoa, how long have you been thinking this stuff? Or how long has this been going on? And he's, oh, six or eight months. And I thought, wow, I thought we were good friends. You know, we were, we were sharing each other's lives and hearts and stuff like that. And, and it, it caused some pain within my heart. And, and really what it did is, is it began to um, create a distrust in people in my own heart. Now, if you're going to take the Great Commission, you're going to take the calling to go and love people, and you have this distrust to someone, to someone but then you kind of associate it over to other people, it's going to be hard to share if you don't deal with it. And I found myself at times a little bit bitter, a little bit frustrated, just like, I don't really care at times. The Lord has dealt with me. I trust people a lot more um, now. But those things lie in our hearts many times. They keep us from taking the calling that God's placed upon our lives and putting it into action. Or we try to, and we're lipping around with a broken leg, or, or we're just not conditioned well in the Spirit, um, and, and it just doesn't allow God to execute his plan in the way he wants to in our lives. And so what I want to encourage us is to deal with what's here kind of in the middle between these two plans. Now what it could be is a relationship, a relationship that hasn't quite gone the way that you thought it would go. It could be an emotional challenge that you've that's just kind of come upon the scene, a depression or an anxiety or something else. It could be a job loss. It could be a, a lack of promotion on a job. It could be a health setback. It could be just believing God for the fulfillment of a promise and it just hasn't happened at this point. Maybe you've waited a month. Maybe you've waited a year. Maybe you've waited five years. Whatever it may be. Maybe it's this, this ideal picture that you had for life of, of marriage or, or a great job or kids and, and, and some part of that just hasn't happened. And you're kind of pushing away a little from, from God. But it's allowed something within your heart to die, to harden up in some ways. This morning, what I want to look at is Ezekiel 37. So if you want to look at and turn to Ezekiel 37, but my encouragement to us is what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. You know, sometimes we have to kind of let go of these certain things that are there. Now, Paul's not saying forget everything of your past because there's obviously things in our past that are good where we've seen God's faithfulness. There's challenges that have come forth and we've seen God bring us through. He says, don't forget those things. But forget the things maybe where you've been labeled because of certain things. Maybe you failed in the past or you made a mistake and, and so you believe you're a failure. But God doesn't. Maybe someone else has put that label on you. And he's saying, forget all that stuff. And reaching forward, that we take hold of Christ and we reach forward. And we allow him to bring life into those things that maybe we have allowed death to come to. Ezekiel 37, I referenced this um, probably at the beginning of the year. 
We're talking about kind of three things that, that I think are essential for victory in this year. Surrender and, and praise and then speaking or proclaiming the word of God, the truth of God. And, and this is the, the reference that we use with the, the speaking and the proclaiming. Ezekiel 37, most of us are very familiar with this. Of all the, the words written in the book of Ezekiel, this is probably the part that everyone knows in some form or fashion. And it's interesting, Joe's talking about interpreting the Bible because I've heard a lot of different interpretations. And when you have a vision like this, just like a parable in the New Testament, you can have a lot of different interpretations. But really, there's only one interpretation. There's many applications. And maybe you've heard, because I've heard uh, sermons preached, I've read um, different types of uh, maybe commentary upon Ezekiel 37, and, and one of the points to is, is this is justification for resurrection. Now, that may be somewhat of an application or can be used as a secondary type proof text um, of that. But the point of Ezekiel 37 is that Israel has been cut off from God because of their idolatry, because of their worship of false gods, because they've turned their back on God, and God has handed them over. Romans talks about, Paul talks about, people being handed over to follow their own desires. He's basically said, look, I've cut you off. My hand is not on you. The favor is not on you anymore. They're dry. They're dead. They're broken. And what Ezekiel is, is writing here, what God is speaking through Ezekiel is that God is not going to leave Israel in that place. He's going to revive them. He's going to bring life back to them. He's going to bring the nation of Israel back together to be his people. That's the, the context of what we come into. And I think it's so good for us this morning to, to understand that because when we have these things that God's called us to, and we have the knowledge that he's called me to, to share the gospel, that he's, he's called me to, to you know, execute this dream, to, to write a book or, or to run for office or, or to, to create some new software that's going to revolutionize the world or, or to be one who's going to shake up the industry that I'm in, whether it's education or finance or something else. And we've kind of say, yes, God, I'll do it, and then we kind of back away from it, and there's death that comes to some of those areas. There's a hardness that comes to our heart, and we say, God, I know you gave me that dream a long time ago. God, I know I haven't even forgot about that dream. And now God brings it back, and, and you say, I just don't know if it could ever be resurrected. I don't know if it could ever be revived. What we're going to find today is that God is in the reviving business. And he's in the resurrection business of our callings and our dreams, the places in our heart where we've kind of hardened ourselves in some ways, where we've just kind of settled in some ways. And God says, I want to breathe life into that. I want to breathe life into that because I've called you to something greater. I've called you to something that's going to advance the kingdom in ways that you don't even know about. Now, a lot of times we see ourselves just as one person. One person, how could I ever do anything? And I know there's an individual thing that we deal with in our society, and we certainly need to do this in community as well. But I want to encourage us to look at what's there in our heart. Things that, that maybe we've put up walls. I was listening to the radio coming this morning. A guy was reading a poem. He was talking about, I want to deal with it, Lord, but also it's, 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 it's hard to put the walls down. And I want to encourage us to put the walls down and let God bring healing in those areas. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. God says this, or, or Ezekiel says this. He says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. 
three observations I see in these verses is there were many bones on the valley floor, which means you're not the only one, which means I'm not the only one who's dealing with something within my heart. There's a hardness, or there's, there's a pain, or there's something. A lot of times the, the enemy wants to isolate us and get us kind of over and say, well, I'm the only one that feels this way, or I'm the only one dealing with this, or I'm the only one going through this, and I'm the only one who's ever had to experience this. And the fact of the matter is we all have dry bones. We all have something there within us. You're not the only one. I'm not the only one. The second thing I observe here is they were dry, which means they were dead. You find an old chicken bone buried in your yard, maybe your dog buried it, or maybe dogs from four generations ago buried it or something, it is dry. I mean, you break that thing open, it's fragile too. There's no marrow inside the bone. It means there is no life whatsoever. These bones were dry and they were dead. And my point is with this, there's some things that God has given us And we say, you know, I don't know right now, but there's still flesh on that dream. There's still flesh upon that calling. There's still flesh upon it. But then there's other things that we've just chucked over into the closet. Or we look at it and say, there's no way. Because I've got a family now. Or I don't have this job now. I don't have the resources. Or I didn't take this path. I took a different path. I don't want to say, look, dry bones can come to life. The third thing is this. And Ezekiel would have recognized this very clearly, but this is a vision too, is that these bones had not been properly buried. There was, there was something in Jewish culture, Jewish law, that talked about burial, proper burial. And, and you know, to touch someone who, who was dead made you unclean, but yet there was still this idea that we're going to properly bury a body. These bones were scattered out, which means they haven't been properly buried, which to me means there's things that we haven't properly dealt with. And there's some things that we need to bury. And as we bury them, we allow God to resurrect them. What are some of these things? What do some of these bones represent to us? You know, to me, I I wrote down some things there. They're unrealized dreams. There's challenges. They're the unfulfilled promises of God or the perceived unfulfilled promises of God. They're misplaced expectations. How many of you have misplaced expectations? As a believer, you have a misplaced expectation. God believes, we think God wants this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this for me. But all he wants is me. How many of you have that as a wife, or as a husband, or as a son, or as a daughter, or as an employee? Hey, I'll never measure up as a wife. I'll never measure up as a, as, as a husband because... Society and culture says I need to be this. I'm feeling it here as this. Or whatever God's called you to do, whether in the classroom or or in business or something like that. We all have these things, and they lead to certain things in our heart. And sometimes we just begin to settle. Sometimes we say, I'm just going to deal with it. Sometimes I'm just going to kind of succumb to some of this pressure just to, to stop the bleeding and all. And it just leads to some of the death that's there in our heart. It's just easier to build certain walls up. It's easier to say, let me just get through this job and coming home and doing this. And, and, and you know, well, God's calling me to do that. Man, I can't. I don't, have enough, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. We all have been there. We all do it at times. And I just want to encourage us to come and bring our dry bones before the Lord and let Him begin to resurrect them. Because He says that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. That's a promise. That's a promise we need to take hold of many times. 
It's a promise that, that we need to say, okay, Lord, your yoke is easy. It means sometimes we need to stop being people-pleasing people and just say no to someone. It means sometimes that, that we don't need to take on everything. It means sometimes maybe we do need to take on a little bit more. But my point is to have the knowledge of the great, uh, the great gospel, the great commission, and these dreams that God's placed, and to execute them, we've got to deal with what's there in the middle, a hurt relationship where bitterness has come in, or even our own things that we put upon us. We settle many times. We become passive. We become bitter. We become angry. These things hinder us from stepping into what God wants us to really step in. We've just gotten used to living with the dryness. We've just gotten used to it. You know, we didn't have water here for a couple of days because Michael didn't go and buy it. <laughs> no, he'd asked me to go buy it, and I just kept forgetting. And man, I was so thirsty. I don't drink that water fountain stuff because, man, it's terrible. And I kept saying, man, I need to get some water. I need to get some water. I just kept forgetting. You know, and I just got used to it after a day or two. I was like, man, my mouth's dry. I'll just, just get some of his chewing gum. I'm confessing here, right? But sometimes we just, we just settle and we just say, this is the way it's going to be. Instead of just saying, okay, God, here, begin to revive this. Verse 3 of 37, God tells Ezekiel, Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. I think this is interesting. There's a little bit of a tennis match going on here in verses 3 and 4. God's putting the ball in Ezekiel's court and he's saying, Hey, do you think these bones can live? Now, Ezekiel's heard about resurrection already. It's already... In the, in the Old Testament, you, you know about some of the resurrection. Ezekiel would have known about that. Now, of course, that re type of resurrection was when flesh was still in the bones. Maybe two days, three days, four days, not much longer than a week, where some of the, someone was resurrected. Now, of course, these are bones with no life, no flesh, nothing whatsoever. And, and so he's asking uh, Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And so I think he believes that, God, you are the God of the impossible but yet there's not a full hope of that. Maybe sometimes we believe that. We read the story of Mary who's saying, God, with you all things are possible. Or Gideon who had 30,000 men, whittled down to 10,000, whittled down to 300, and, and he did the impossible. Or nations coming against Israel and there was thunder in the sky and everyone scattered and Israel plundered that day and, and, and there was great victory. Can God do these things? Absolutely. Can he heal the blind? Absolutely. But can he do it right now? Can he do it in my life? Does he want to do it in my life? Will he do it in my life? I think that's kind of the way Ezekiel was thinking. And so he kind of hits the ball back to God. And he says, only you, God, know. Only you. And I think sometimes we have these dreams or, or these callings or, or even fulfilling the Great Commission, making disciples and telling others, and God says, I've called you to do that. Do you think you, you can do it? Do you believe you're my ambassador? Do you believe you've been empowered to do this? And we say, God, only you know. And basically, we're just kind of crossing our arms a little bit and saying, God, I need you to move first. I need you to do something first before I do it. Verse 4 kind of gives us a different perspective here because God throws it back to Ezekiel and he says, he said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He says, I can do it, but I want you to participate with me. Could God just simply thunder from the sky and the dry bones get up and, and begin to have life? Absolutely. Could God fulfill every dream that He's placed in your heart and the heart of this church without our participation? Absolutely. 
Does he need us here? Does he need us there? Absolutely, he does not need us, but he wants to. He wants our participation. And that's what he's saying to Ezekiel is, here, I need you to participate. You prophesy. You speak it. You speak the life, and I'm going to take it from there. And for us, we have to begin to speak once again over these things these, uh, that are there in our lives, the callings, the purpose, the dreams, the, the great commissions, the things such as that. He doesn't want us just to sit and wait, but to participate. Sometimes we're waiting on God and we're waiting on others. And he says, you speak, you prophesy, you begin to step back into that. Now, I've been reading this book that I've been sharing with you and um, called Face the Lion. And a lot of this has just inspired me to, to dream bigger dreams and, and, and to, to kind of resurrect some of the things that God's placed in my heart. And what I realize is, is simply that, that I've kind of just been waiting in a lot of ways. It's, it's the whole analogy of, of someone in a flooded house on the roof and saying, God, save me. And here comes a little canoe passing by. No, no, no. God's going to save me. And then here comes a, a life raft. No, God's going to save me. And then here comes the speedboat. No, God's going to save me. Here comes the helicopter. No, God's going to intervene and do something, you know, where the water's going to split and I'm just going to walk on through. Sometimes we're waiting for that. God, I'm waiting for whatever. And God says, no. I'm moving and I'm ready to move now. Will you be a part of it? Will you allow me to speak life back into those dry bones? Will you speak it with me? And that's my encouragement to you, is we have the clarity, we have the knowledge, we have God's plan. Are we willing to go through the wall and deal with some of the stuff that's here in our heart in order to put it into action? That's what we all have to do. We can sit and wait, but I think God wants us to speak to those dry bones. Let Him revive them. Let him revive that dream, that relationship, that hope, that health, those finances, whatever it may be. We have to speak it. We have to begin to do it. And that's really my encouragement this morning is don't just have the knowledge. Don't just hunker down because it didn't work before. Don't just hunker down because someone said something that, that deflated you. Don't hunker down just because you don't have the finances. Don't hunker down because you, you don't think you're ready or you don't have the ability or whatever it may be. God's saying, now's the time. You're part of the army. And I'm going to stop there in Ezekiel 4 or 37 in verse 4. But if you go on and read it, there's this sound begins to come out because the bones are coming together. And before long, there's this army of, of men and women of, of these dry bones where things have been added and they're marching forth. Again, this is Israel being restored and revived. But I believe God wants to do that to us. He wants to do it with you. And my challenge to you is to go before the Lord today or tomorrow, but very soon. And you may already know what these dry bones are, just to come and lay them there. You may need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal some of these things. And as the Holy Spirit does, just bring them before the Lord and say, Lord, here are my dry bones. Empower me, help me to begin to speak into them so that your kingdom may come here on earth as in heaven. Don't let this overwhelm you in any way. Don't let this be, well, that's good, but I just don't want to deal with it. It's not, going to be, it's not an easy process at all. I understand that. But the Lord wants to put life in those bones. Lord, I pray this morning 
And I thank you this morning for who you are. Lord, we just we honor you. That you've called us into relationship with you, to be reconciled with you. And we thank you, Lord, that as we are, that you call us to participate and be part of, of your great plan, the great commission. And you put dreams in our hearts that are not our dreams, but your dreams. Because you see us as being capable. You see us as, as, as being men and women who, who, can, who can execute them. And Lord, we're sorry. We, we confess there's times when we don't believe in ourselves, that we don't believe that you have empowered us, that you haven't given us those gifts. Lord, we've, we've bought into the lies of the enemy, the lies of the world. We've allowed those things to kind of knock us back. And Lord, there's dryness in all of our hearts. Where there's maybe a relationship where we just said it's, there's no way it could ever be restored. There's health, there's no way it could ever be restored. There's no way I could ever start a business. There's no way I could be an influencer in the industry you've called me into. And Lord, I pray that you will revive us, that you'll renew us, that you'll restore us to lay hold of the calling that you've placed upon us and to know it may not happen tomorrow. But as we remain faithful to you, as we walk it out, Lord, it will come to fruition. Lord, help us be reminded of Abraham, the promise you gave him, the stars in the sky would be the, would be the number of descendants you have, but yet it took many years. And really, did he see the fulfillment in his own life? He saw Isaac. He saw some grandchildren. But he didn't see the full fulfillment. Lord, I thank you that you're putting something inside of us that when we may pass the baton to the next generation but it will happen as you use us to share your word with others as you use us to, to do whatever Lord help us to believe in us as you believe in us and Lord help us to partner with you speak life into dry bones. Lord, I pray for healing of our hearts. Lord, I pray for walls to be torn down. Lord, I pray that, that as these walls are torn down and as there's a healing that takes place, that you walk with us every step of the way. We know you will. May you be the, the, the God of comfort and peace. Help us to execute your plan. Help us to see those dreams come into being. We love you and we praise you this morning. Lord, I pray a blessing over each person in this room as we leave, Lord. Bless their going throughout the week. Wherever you may take them, Lord, let them be a blessing to others. Lord, bless whatever they set their hands to. Whatever projects are, are due this week, Lord, I pray that, that as they put their hands to it, supernatural things will flow forth. Lord, I pray for meetings that may take place. Lord, I pray for appointments that, that will take place. Let them be divine. Let them, let them be appointments where, where there's encouragement. And Lord, even the challenges, the, the bad news that we may receive this week in, in whatever capacity that may be, let us turn whatever is mourning into rejoicing as we keep our eyes focused upon you. Lord, we just want to worship you. We just want to see you high and lifted up in all areas of our lives. So we bless you. 
as you bless us. And we just love you. We say amen. Amen. We are dismissed. I want our prayer ministers to come forward.